we miss you. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you in this place. We magnify you.
mic's not even on. Lord, we lift you in this place. We magnify you, O oh God. Lord, we glorify you. We thank you for your soon return. We thank you for the power of the resurrection now today in this place, O oh God. And we lift you. We magnify you, O oh Lord.
Can somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise in the house today? Amen. We've got a youth fundraiser raffle for two tickets to Dollywood Theme Park. If you get caught by one of our teenagers today, it's $10 per entry. Drawing will be next Sunday. And um, like I say, you'll see some of the youth. They've been walking around with blue or yellow, some kind of tickets. But you'll see a big roll, and you'll know it's them. They'll tell you what it's for. So if you want one of those, uh, you can get those this Sunday and the next Sunday we'll be drawing, so you'll have to be here really early next Sunday to buy them. All right, Easter Sunday, children three-year-old through fifth grade, prepare for, they'll be having Walk with Jesus beginning at 10.15 a.m. There's no baskets or eggs that are needed. And also to you guys, invite people to Easter. Invite somebody to Easter service. Listen, there's two services that people go to when they go to no other, one of them is Easter, the other is Christmas, all right? So they go when Jesus was born and when Jesus was resurrected. They don't do any of the walking in the middle. But we want to get them committed and get them in a relationship walking with Christ that will last longer than two times out the entire year. I'm already preaching, not even started. Take note in the bulletin, the men's softball schedule will be in there. All games listed will be at our church field, which is located in the back here uh, of the church. All games listed will be at the church field. They'll also be listed this week. I think they're going on the website, so if you want to look there as well this week for the times and schedules, and then just come out and have a good time of fellowship. Also today, it's good to have the Brotherton family with us, Jan and Dan and his family, because... Uh, Brother Allen went on to be with Jesus this past week. I sent out a message to everybody, so please be in prayer for this family as they go through this hard, difficult time, and we know that God's going to be with them. Also, uh, Letter Gap Hill, thank you for the beautiful Bible that you gave to me at the passing of my father. It is a wonderful way to uh, remember him. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And that is from the Riddle family, Melissa Riddle. So, Melissa, we're also praying for you. She also lost her father so praying for all of those that suffer loss death's never a good thing and so we pray with you today that God would be with you let's get right back into our series today we have done several what's right with the church last week we talked we talked first about the fellowship of the church we talked about the favor of the church which is the hand of God on the church this week we're going to talk about the faith of the church next week we will talk about the fire of the church and then the closing week 
we will talk about the future of the church. So that gives you a little preview as to where we're going with this thing. And then the next service after that last one will be Easter Sunday. So today, the faith. The word of the day is faith. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 2, we've read this together several times. I want to read again. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Not all who believed were uh, now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and their goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. They were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. As I say every week, sign me up for that church. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let me read this before we get into the preaching. I charge you therefore, Paul's writing to young Timothy. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Timothy, you preach the word. Exclamation point. Emphasis. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heat up for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth. Don't preach that stuff to me anymore. And be turned aside to fables, but you, you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. You do the work of an evangelist and just fulfill your ministry, the faith of the church. I, I want everybody to understand something about your house. When they built your house that you live in, they dug something that you call, anybody want to guess? Well, I got all kinds of words. I can tell some of y'all ain't never built a house. Well, y'all going too deep. Let's keep it simple. Let's just say foundation. Well, that worked for everybody. <laughs> Thanks for your participation in this matter. The foundation, it is very simple. You dig it, and this is the thing that you must understand. It is a building is only as good as its foundation is. So in other words, you, it may look durable, it may sparkle, you can put gold fixtures in it, you can fancy it up all you want with nice marble floors. When I walk into your home, I'd be in, at a sense of awe and say, oh my gosh, this is a beautiful place. But if the foundation is faulty, sooner or later, that house is going to what? It's going to fall down. Because if the foundation is not strong, then everything else is kind of just standing on borrowed time. And in time, when winds come, when storms come, when it comes time for endurance, something that is going to last, if the foundation is not right, the house is going to fall, no matter how beautiful it is. In Psalm 11:3, this is what David said, If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? 
it is obvious that only that which is built on a solid foundation is going to stand the test of time, especially in this world that we live in today. In speaking on a solid foundation, we understand that Jesus was speaking to the church of today. And I want to declare to you today that our foundation as a church, our foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. There is no other foundation whereby Gap Hill Church of God is built. It is on Jesus Christ. Now listen to me folks. There's churches that have built their built their foundations around a man or, or they build around a woman or, or around the founder of their church and, and they build it on them but do you know what happens sooner or later that man, that lady, that founder, that good church member that was there the first day that they had service sooner or later they are going to die. That is why this foundation is not built on them because I've seen churches that build around a personality and whenever that personality left or whenever that personality died in whatever way when it was gone when you remove that man from that situation all of a sudden everything falls apart. People leave the church. The church falters. The church fails. I mean, it just where did everybody go? And we understand that the foundation was wrong and as long as the foundation is faulty the house will not stand that is why Jesus said if you're going to build a house you better build it on Jesus Christ if you are going to build a church that is not just going to be a pop-up that stays around for a few years while the fads going on and while it's popular to teach that way or preach that way if you want something that is going to last you better build it on the Lord Jesus Christ and on his word because he never dies later Ladies and gentlemen, men may die, but Jesus Christ will always be alive. So the foundation is firm because after we die, it is still founded on Jesus Christ. Jesus declared, you remember Peter looked at him and he said, who do men say that I am? And Peter looked at him and said, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. To which Jesus made a declaration over the church. He said, upon this rock I will build my church. Now, some churches have taken that and they've elevated Peter and some people worship Peter. And they've made statues of Peter upon this rock. But he wasn't talking about Peter. The church was not built on Peter. He just made a declaration and said, Upon this rock, what rock? The rock Jesus Christ. Upon Jesus Christ, this church will be built. And the gates of hell may try to, but the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is what God said about his church. The Apostle Paul said, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid by Jesus Christ. Listen to me, folks. Jesus is good enough. We don't need anybody else. We don't need anything else in this foundation. Jesus, does anybody remember the day when you first got saved and Jesus was enough? Does anybody remember when all you needed was him? You didn't need all this pet, and you didn't need pet. All you needed was Jesus Christ. He's all you needed to succeed. God says to us today that the church of Jesus Christ has been built on this rock. We cannot fail, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot fail if Jesus Christ is our foundation. The songwriter had it right. Some of you old school may remember it. 
On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground around me is sinking sand. My God have mercy. Now I want to give you three points today and I got to hurry because I got a lot of notes and I got to roll. Number one, I want you to see the firmness of this foundation that we have in Christ. First off, earthquakes are coming, a matter of fact, with more regularity than we've ever seen in times past. If I was to turn back the clock and I was to go 15 years ago from the year 2022 and I was to go to the year 2007 is what we'll use. Jesus had predicted to his disciples, Luke 21, he said in the end time, nation arise against nation. Are we seeing that? Kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, famines, pestilences, fearful sights, and great signs shall be done from heaven. In 2007, earthquakes struck in 23 different countries around the world. They caused great damage. In 2007, more than 700 people would die. You run up 15 years of 2022, that number increased to over 2,000 deaths due to earthquakes. In 2007, 2,270 earthquakes hit our land. In 2022, 15,430. I'm going to let you do the math. 2,270 to 15,438 in 15 years. Earthquakes are horrible. They destroy, I mean, build, I have seen it on TV where buildings literally, they just collapse at the shake and the quake of the earthquake. They are absolutely horrendous. And it stands the reason that cities that know that earthquakes are prevalent in their area, they take a special caution when they get ready to build the foundation. And for many of them, they put certain amounts of, of concrete or, or steel through them in order to be prepared should the earthquake come. Now, they may not be able to resist a collapse of some of the building because it's going to happen. Earthquakes are that powerful. You get an 8.4 Richter scale, and I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, we can't build anything to stop that from causing foundations to crumble, but they know that they can cut down on their casualties if they build the foundation firm versus those people that don't care and say, well, it's going to knock it down anyhow, and then they suffer even greater distress and even greater casualties. Jesus told us, spiritualize that, that in Matthew chapter 7, he said, I'm going to tell you the value of having a firm foundation. It involves two men. It involves two houses. It involves one storm. And you may know this story very well. But there is a house that is built on the rock. The foundation is built on a rock. It is symbolic of what Jesus has told them. The rock is Jesus Christ. And so that's what he's showing us here, this spiritual symbolism. And he says the man that built on a rock, he says the storms came. And see, you got to understand, the facts in life is that storms are going to come. Can I get an amen? Winds are going to blow. Disaster is going to hit your home at some time or another. It is called L-I-F-E. It is life. There is nothing you can do. Those things are going to shake you. Those things are going to cause your faith to tremble. But it depends on what you're built on as to whether you're going to make it through the quake or not. So these spiritual quakes will... The foundation...
nothing that we build on. So the man that builds on the rock, he comes out after the storm and says, Thank God my house made it. But there's another man in the story that built on the sand. And do you know when the winds blew and when the rain came, do you know what it did? It washed that house away. But the man that was built on the rock, his house, as we used to sing as kids and we'd stomp our feet, it stood firm. We used to sing that little song, a wise man built his house upon the rock. A wise man built his house and the rain came tumbling down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Nobody? All right, I got three people. Hallelujah. The point of the story was it's what you build upon that matters. And I'm telling you, I want to thank God that I've been through some tests and I've been through some trials. But Scott, I want to thank God that I have built on the right foundation. And there's some of them I thought were going to blow me away. There's some of them I thought were going to destroy me. There's some of them I thought that I couldn't make it through. But after the storm passed over, I just held on until the storm passed. And when the storm passed, I came out and I said, thank God my foundation was on Jesus. If it had been on anybody else or anything else, I would have be here today it's all because of my foundation folks so first I've got the firmness of this foundation you cannot name anything anything in this life that has stood the test of time without a firm foundation in the past 2,000 years, this church I'm preaching about, we have went through persecution. We have went through scandalous stories. We have suffered famine, even literally floods. But yet she keeps bouncing back. We can look at systems and, and movements that have built around men with a dogma or a doctrine that is materialistic about gimme, 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 or, or a doctrine that is about what can we get for ourselves. It is carnal. It is self-serving churches. And they will be exposed. Don't everybody shout at once. They will be exposed. And the faultiness of their foundation will be shown to the world. Oh, Jesus, help us. But after all of that, the church still stands. Why? She has built upon the word of God, the word of the living God, and stands upon the rock Jesus Christ. See, folks, this is why I try to stress this to us all the time. This is not my church. It is a church I serve. It is a church I pastor. But it is not my church. This is not your church. But I pay my tithes, Pastor. We're not selling stock options. I pay my tithes too. But it doesn't belong to me. The reason I do that is because I'm wanting to build up Jesus. I'm wanting to build up the kingdom. That's why I do that. When we get this, it's mine mentality, brother, trouble, that, that's a faulty foundation. We have to be like John and say, I must decrease. I want him to increase. It is not about me. It is not about you. This is his church. He purchased it with his own blood. See, this, these are the type things that we must teach. Firm and strong is this foundation, Jesus said.
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The word of God is more powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the soul and the spirit, the joints and the mar. It's a discerner of the thoughts and even the intents of the heart. That's what we're founded on. Secondly, I got to go. Secondly, I want you to see not just the firmness of the foundation. I want you to see the flawlessness of the foundation. Does anybody know what flawless means? Perfection. There's a reason that God said, I'm coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, blemish, or any such thing. In God's eyes, every saint of God is beautiful. It don't matter if the acne is acting up or not. In God's eyes, you are beautiful because you're His child. This foundation is flawless. In a day of uncertainty, dishonesty, abused confidence, that's right. Dishonest preachers make it difficult for the honest ones. Dishonest churches make it really hard for the honest churches. But God's word is perfect. There's not much that we can consider perfect anymore, but God's word is perfect. God's word is flawless. There are denominations right now have split or are splitting literally and figuratively over what the scriptures say and over the Bible. Whenever you look at the UMC church, anybody know about that? That's United Methodist Church. A few years back, they started arguing. Well, does the Bible really mean that about this gay stuff? You know, we shouldn't keep gays from being ministers in our churches. They go to their general assembly or whatever they want to call it, their gathering of the assembly. They talk about it a few years right before COVID hits. They leave divided, saying, we don't understand. We can't seem to get this together. There's people saying, well, the Word of God says. And there's other people saying, well, no, I don't really mean that. And so they begin to become divided, and they can't have their gathering because of COVID. They cancel it, so they have to wait until this past year when they met in 2022. You know what they decided? We're just going to have to split over this thing. A faulty foundation. And they were fighting over what the Word of God said. So the UMC church said, No, sir, we're going to stand on the foundation of the Word of God. Gays do not have a right to be our pastors. Hallelujah. Shout now forever. Hold your peace. But the group that divided started what they called the global Methodist church. Do you know what the global Methodist church is? The global Methodist church meant this. All people, all things, right? We accept everybody. They can do anything, and it's all good. And so the Global Methodist Church decided, guess what? We will allow the gay community to pastor in our churches. They split over that scripture. That's what they split over. Do you see when you, my point, when you start messing with the foundation? Bad things are going to happen. It does not just go for the gay topic. I'm talking any sin. I'm talking any scripture. I'm talking fornication. I'm talking adultery. I'm talking lying. I'm talking backbody. 
Anytime the church tries to say, all right, let's change this, the foundation gets faulty and it cannot stand. All that we have is the flawlessness and perfection of the Word of God. That is what we have to go by. Or even churches that were once stable all of a sudden start falling apart. It is all because of that one fact. We have to believe that the Bible is flawless. We have to believe that. If we don't, our faith is useless. Uh, and, and here's the deal. If Satan, if Satan can ever get you to doubt any of it, then he'll get you to doubt all of it. So when we start accepting one thing that God's word is crystal clear about, and we say, no, it's all right, we're going to allow that, and we start messing with the foundation, the next thing you know, there's another group that's going to come and say, well, I think we should allow this. And there's no rule of thumb. There's no guideline. There's no measuring stick. And so we just allow any and everything until we become the global church. And we're like, anybody, everything, we, we just accept it all. We'll just love you all to Jesus. Come on, somebody, but this is the deal. Whenever Eve was in the garden, this is what God said. He said, where's Eve? Eve sinned. What, what did Eve say to that serpent when that serpent said, hath God said that? He caused her to question the basic of the foundational truth that God had given them. You do not eat of any tree of this garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat from everything else but not that one tree. And then she questioned, has God said? And then there were no limits to it. The word that we preach, we have to believe in it. It is God's word for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. That means that men didn't just get up and start preaching a message and say this is what God says the Bible said they were holy men of God that spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost this is not man's words ladies and gentlemen this is the word of God and it is flawless this is what makes the church right this is the faith of the church I do not back up from this truth today I cannot do it. The word of God is without error. I have to tell you there is no flaw in it. There is no mistake in it. But Timothy said there's coming a day that the men are going to turn their ears from the truth and be turned to fables. In latter times many will depart from the faith. They'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They'll refuse profane and old wise fables. Listen, be careful who you're listening to. Don't believe any and everything that you hear. Some churches will say exactly what you want them to say. Some churches will say exactly what you want to hear. But Paul warned us of this over 2,000 years ago. He said it's coming and it is here, folks. It is called human relativism. Do you know what human relativism is? That means there is no universal truth. There are no standards. When we allow human relativism to prevail, that means that the Word of God takes a back burner. We begin to use human 
logic, human reasoning. And when we begin to do that, we discredit what the Word of God says. I may be old school, and but I'm telling you, I still believe that God formed man out of the dust of the earth. I still believe that Adam fell asleep one night. And out of, his, out of his body, God took a rib and he created a woman. I believe a serpent deceived Eve and lied to her. I believe it rained 40 days and 40 nights and Noah built an ark to save his family. I believe that the Red Sea did part like two walls and Moses led the Israelites across not on soggy ground, not on wet land, but on dry land. I believe that the same sea crashed on the Egyptian army and they drowned that day. I believe Jericho's walls fell after on the seventh day they walked around seven more times and it fell flat on its face. I believe for Joshua that the sun stood still so that they could have more daylight to win the battle. I do believe that Samson killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. I believe that David killed a, a giant named Goliath. I believe the three Hebrew boys were thrown into a fiery furnace cave out and did not even smell like smoke. I believe Daniel was delivered from the lion's den and slept on him like a pillow. I believe Jesus was born of a virgin, died on a cross. We're about to celebrate he raised from the grave. He's coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I believe it. I believe it. How firm is this Foundation. Is there a water laying around somewhere? Throw me one. Someone said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. The answer to that is no. That is not the way it goes. God settled it and that settles it. In other words, it doesn't matter whether I like it or not, whether I believe it or not, whether I agree with it or not. God said it. It is settled in heaven and in earth. God said it. It is a flawless foundation. Somebody give him praise in this house. I got to close. I'm going to leave you with this. We've got this foundation that is firm. We've got this foundation that is flawless. And I want to leave you with this. We have to fight for our faith. I'm going to say it again. You have to fight for this faith. In case you don't know it, Jude chapter 3. He said, Beloved, I'm writing to you that have the common salvation I have. He said, It was needful for me to write to you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the... You must earnestly. You must do this passionately. What does the word contend mean? The word contend means that you should defend the faith. What does the word defend mean? You must fight for the faith. Go to my next scripture. Go to my next scripture. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Watch this. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. 
cling to your faith in Christ. Keep your conscience clear. That means do the right thing even when other people dog you for it. Don't allow them to change the way you believe. Don't allow humanistic thinking to change your godly way of thinking. For some people have deliberately violated their conscience as they do what they want. And as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. In other words, the foundation got faulty. They crumbled. They failed. It's like a shipwreck. It's horrible. But God says to him... I need you to fight for it. Paul said to us in his closing writing, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, to Timothy he said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. For this is why you were called. It is why you have been called, Timothy, to defend the faith of this foundation. It is your job, it is your duty, it is your responsibility. And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. That means spread it. Let everybody know it about this faith. Now I'm going to leave you with this. The pressure in 2023 in this ungodly, wicked world in which we live. The pressure is on us as Christians the, the pressure is on us as churches to water down and dilute the faith that we preach. We go to growth conferences and they tell us, they try to nitpick around it and they'll be like, well, we're not saying don't preach the Bible. Just, just be careful the way you say it. And I'm sitting here thinking, my God, Gosh, they've never read the Apostle Paul. They would have kicked him out of their church immediately. He didn't cross words. He said it like it was. When Paul got finished preaching a sermon, there was nobody that left scratching their heads saying, I wonder what Paul meant today. They knew what he meant. He called them out for their sins. He told them, you're going to split hell wide open. I mean, he didn't even care what they thought about it. He didn't care about their feelings. All he cared about was their soul. I was watching Dill or No Dill the other day. Yeah. Well, to have one of those at the church one day, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? The winner gets a Bible. I was watching it the other day and. Oh, how Mandela looked at him and he said, they were telling the story. Oh, man, she's had a hard life. I mean, oh, oh bad luck. <laughs> Model's up there just crying. Oh, my God. Banker calls. He says, the banker says, he don't care about your feelings. That's what he said. And I'm like, wow, yeah, that's, that's my man right there. He said, he don't care about your feelings. All he cares about is the number. And I'm telling you, it would do the church, it would behoove us to get to the place that we quit caring so much about our little feelings getting hurt and we just got back to preaching what thus saith the Lord and let the Bible do what the Bible does. It divides my thoughts, it changes me. It's a discerner of who I am, of what I want, of what I'll do. And I'm telling you, it's a two-edged sword and it hurts sometimes. 
knows, Jimmy, you've went long enough. So they tell us, you can win the crowds if you'll just change your message just a little bit. If you say it right, you can win the crowd. People don't want to hear anything but uplifting. People don't want to hear anything but motivational speeches. Here's the deal. When I got saved, I was six years old, independent, holiness church. We couldn't watch TV. We couldn't do anything. But there's one thing that I learned growing up, and this is what it was. That when I got saved, God wasn't handing out lollipops for me to suck on. He was handing out swords for me to fight with. Because this faith is not a lollipop gospel. This faith is a faith that he said, Timothy, pick up your sword. you got to be willing to fight for your faith. you got to fight for what you believe in. I get so sick and tired of having to pet people all the time. I get tired of it. I get tired of these people get saved. And you guys sit there and stroke them over their head. Tell them how good they are. God help us. We have spoiled Christians plum rotten. I got to quit. I have got to quit. I love you, Brandon. I want you in the front pew more often, son. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm close. The kind of preaching that most of us were raised on, it is quickly becoming antiquated. It is becoming antique, meaning it is old-fashioned. It's kind of out of style now. But I want to tell you that this is still the church, not of half the Bible. We are the church of the whole Bible. The first foundational anchor that our forefathers gave us that we accepted was this. We want the whole Bible rightly divided. Don't give me a quarter of it. Don't give me half of it. Don't give me three quarters of it. Give me all of it. John, you don't eat the part of the scroll that you like. Open up your mouth and eat the whole scroll. It's going to be bitter to you. There's some parts of it that's going to be hard to digest. There's going to be some parts of it it's going to make you weaken your knees and weaken your stomach. And you're going to feel like you could throw up but eat the whole word. Mm. So today we understand it is not popular. All right. But I still believe that God will bless us if and when we are willing, if we are the last church in town that preaches the whole counsel of God, then we'll do it. Some people still appreciate the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help them God. Come on, Lieutenant, I'm closing. So, here we go. So, what is the foundation? See, there are several things that we teach. We believe in the verbal inspiration of the Scripture. We believe in one God who, who eternally exists in three persons, namely the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We believe Jesus Christ is the only begotten of the Father. We believe that He was conceived of the Holy Ghost. He was born of a virgin, Mary. He's crucified. He's buried. He's raised again on the third day. He's in heaven right now making intercessor for us to the Father. We believe that all have sinned come short of the glory of God 
But repentance is commanded of God for all and necessary for the forgiveness of sins. We believe that justification, regeneration, the new birth, they are wrought by the faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. We believe in sanctification. Subsequent to the new birth, through faith in the blood of Christ, through the word and by the Holy Ghost. We believe holiness to be God's standard of living for his people. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost subsequent to a clean heart. In speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives utter and even as the initial evidence of the baptism. We believe in water baptism by immersion. All who repent should be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. We believe in divine healing. It has been provided in the atonement by his stripes. We are healed. We believe in the Lord's Supper, the washing of the saints' feet. We believe in the premillennial second coming of Jesus Christ. First, he's going to resurrect the righteous dead. Catch them away. The living saints are going to rise and meet him in the air. We'll reign on earth a thousand years. We believe in the bodily resurrection, eternal life for the righteous, eternal punishment for the wicked. That's our foundation. And let me tell you today, that is worth dying for. An 18-year-old boy gets out of school, high school. He walks down the aisle, he graduates. There's an army recruiter that is sitting there waiting. Army recruiter says, hey buddy, you want to make something great out of your life? Do you want a cause to live for? Yes sir, I want meaning. Why don't you join the army? When he joins the army, there's one thing that he believes in. Are y'all ready for this? He believes that the nation that he serves and the nation that he calls home, the good old U.S. of A., he believes that it is worth dying for. If he did not believe it was not worth dying for. He never signed his name on a piece of paper that says tomorrow you may get a call and you may go to battle and you may come back in a body bag. But he believes in it so much deep down that he does it anyhow. We don't know much about what I'm talking about. But if you get Fox's Book of Martyrs, John Fox, and you read his book, about the persecution of the early church you will figure out that they were much like the soldier except they were from another kingdom their kingdom was not this earth it was not signing up with the military army no 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 no, no. this is the kingdom of god this is a spiritual army and they signed up and here's the deal brian they knew that when they followed jesus that they were signing up for death and many of them died because they preached this book we call the Bible. And because they believed that Jesus Christ was the foundation, the chief cornerstone which the builders rejected. They believed that. Some of them were sawn asunder. Some of them were thrown in the Colosseums as crazy men and women screamed and hollered and laughed as they were savaged by lions in an open arena with nothing to fight against them with. Sick people. Some were tied to horses, pulled until they were ripped apart. Some were put in boiling oil. 
this is your heritage. This is where you come from. This is the faith that I am preaching to you. Peter will be hung upside down on a cross. He will die. James will get a sword. It will swipe his neck. His head will fall from his shoulders. John the Baptist is going to be served on a silver platter. But there's one thing that all these men and women of God had in common, and that was we will fight for this faith because if there's anything right with the church, it is. It's right. Let's stand. I, I, I'm quitting. If you at work, most of you don't have to worry about getting your head cut off. You may get called a name. The worst my generation ever saw was we were called holy rollers. Oh, you hurt me so bad. I don't care. Call me a holy roller. Call me a shouter. Call me a dancer. Call me a crazy preacher. I could care less. I really don't care. If you at work and people are dogging God, why would you sit there and listen to that mess? Oh, I'm fixing to hit where it's home right now. Y'all feel it. I'm knocking on the door so strong, I'm going to bust in. If they sitting there dogging our God, Timothy, fight for your faith. Don't you sit there and let them talk about how bad every church is. You let them know your church isn't like that church. Don't let them dog the name of God. Use the name of God and curse it in vain all the time. You don't have to listen to that mess. You can stand up and defend your faith. It's worth fighting for, ladies and gentlemen. I was with my, my little mentee this past week. And I told him, I said, uh, I said, man, you should have been in church the other day. I was preaching to our teenagers and our kids. And I was telling them that if they get to school, he'd love this. I said, if they get to school and they start talking about Jesus, all right, and they get in trouble, I told them, pick up the phone and call me. I will be there ASAP before your parents get there. And we'll fight over that thing. I will be in your school in your principal's office. He loved that. He loved that. There's some things worth fighting for. This is the way I see it. I'm going to leave you with this. God fights for you. Why in the world won't you fight for Him? He died for you. Are you willing to die for Him? If you're at school and there's kids around you that all they ever want to do is curse and things such as that, you take your stand for Jesus and tell them, I don't want to hear that anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to be willing to fight for this faith. This foundation that we have, it is a firm foundation. It is a foundation that for over 2,000 years, it has stood the test of time. Our faith has been tried. Our faith has been persecuted. But my Lord, if it weren't for Peter, and if it weren't for Paul, and if it weren't for Timothy, 
I'm convinced it will still work for us today. I am asking you to advance your kingdom in the name of Jesus. I am not asking you to advance your kingdom because we water down the gospel. God forbid. I am asking you to help us to preach this word with more fervency and fire than we've ever preached it before. And I want to see the world come. I want to see them come to a place that says, I want to thank you that you love me enough that you would preach what thus saith the Lord to me, regardless. Sing it, Brian. If you want to pray today, the altar's open. I already got one down here. God bless you, young man. If you want a time of prayer, now's your moment. The altars are open. There's nothing, oh, there's nothing. Lord, there's nothing, oh, there's nothing better than you. You're all I need, Jesus. There's nothing better than you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Nothing better than you, oh, there's nothing, nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you, there's nothing better than you, oh, there's nothing, nothing is better than you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, could it feel me? Man's empty praise. They're never enough. I'm glad you did, Jesus. Yes, you did. Is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's a 
Yes, you do, Jesus. Bones in the armies, you turn seas in the highway. You're the only one who can. That's better than you. Turn shame into glory. You're the 
There's nothing, oh, there's Oh, there's nothing, oh, there's nothing that's better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, nothing, nothing is better than you. I want those in the altar just to keep praying, keep playing, saying, Father, we want to thank you for your powerful word today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It is our roadmap. It is our guide. It is the only thing in a time of human relativism, in a time that humans want to reason everything away. We want to set our own rules. It is the only measuring stick. That is why when it was created many, many years ago, it was called the canon, which meant the ruler. The measuring stick in other words everything that we do we measure it up to the canon or up to the Word of God it is the measuring stick it sets the rules we don't make them up ourselves you set them it is what you have said it's what you have already written this is the foundation 
We can't reason that away. We can't make up new guidelines. We can't make up, come up with new rules to cater to us or to cater to our churches or to try to make us more attractive. That is not a firm foundation. We let your word be what it is. It's infallible. It is flawless. And so is your foundation because it's Jesus Christ today. Help us to always, as a church, we may get a lot of things wrong, but God, please help us to keep that right. Because though we get other things right, that measuring stick will always bring us back in line. When we get out of line, and when we start going in our own way, this, 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 reason, this, this stick will pull us back and say, whoa, 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 this is what I said. Get back in line with Scripture. Get back in line with Jesus Christ. And with that comes true success. That's what we want for our fellow Christians today, brothers and sisters. It's what we want for the Gap Church of God. In Jesus' name. God bless you guys.